0: Hey everyone, I'm your host and soul sister, Gretchen North. I'm a veteran health and wellness professional turned life coach. Sticky situation is about getting unstuck so that we can get on living the lives we are meant to live. We'll share stories and advice, hear from experts, and even do some guest coaching to be reminded of living today with more awareness and inspiration all in the spirit of creating a more fulfilling tomorrow. To get in touch, find me at gonorthcoaching.com. Let's get going. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to have a very special guest with me today Kate Mackin is the President and Board of Directors for the Himalayan Institute of Pittsburgh, which is a wonderful yoga studio that also is providing yoga teacher training, the one that I'm participating in. Kate, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too.
0: You know, I think it's so crazy, Kate, that Unbeknownst to me, before I moved to Pittsburgh 12 years ago, I subscribed to a magazine called Yoga International and it was published by the Himalayan Institute. I was living in Florida at the time. I went to a book signing with the spiritual head of the Himalayan and When I moved walking distance from the only affiliate location, I thought that I had struck gold.
1: It's so crazy how that happens. It's almost like you land somewhere. And I do remember the old Yoga International magazines, too. Um, And I was surprised even back then to find out, oh, well, this is run by the Himalayan Institute. And now, of course, it's changed formats and now it's all online and it's a beautiful platform.
0: Like maybe I liked the idea of yoga, but I wasn't as good of a student of it as I thought I had been all of these years because like literally a 20 year practice and I showed up in the teacher training last October and was absolutely flabbergasted that I was even using like what I thought the term yoga was incorrectly. Uh, I thought yoga was basically the practice of asanas or poses. Why don't you enlighten the listeners on what yoga actually is?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's common because there's so much out there about yoga and we all have our pictures in our mind of, you know, what we think yoga is. So I'm going to give you like two different ways to think about yoga because it's really a big concept, Um, And the first is really pretty classical. Yoga is mastery over the mind's modification. So that means yoga is a way to work with your mind. So we all have lots of thoughts. So this becomes a system to start calming our mind down and narrowing our focus to something that's really nourishing and beneficial to us. That is sort of like the end, end, end goal of yoga and definition, being able to work with the mind this way. But the word yoga also means to yoke or to bring two things together. So we can think about that a lot of different ways, but one common way of thinking about it is body and mind, our body, mind, and soul. We're trying to use our body in different positions, but the focus of the mind then becomes the body. So these two come in concert with each other, and we calm down the nervous system. And the end goal is still the same, to work with um, the fluctuations in the mind and the way the mind spins. So we're just letting the mind rest on the body and how our body's moving, our breaths. Um, But it means to bring those things together.
0: You know, I've been a student of yours as long as I've lived here, and I recently heard you that people feel so much better when they come to yoga class, really because of the breath work and the relaxation, more so than the physical poses. It's true. I mean, the physical
1: structure sets up like a circuit for the energy. So you do have to have the physical body in a sort of pattern for this all to work. But According to yoga, there's different ways, there's five different ways energy flows in the body. And throughout our yoga practice, we address and rebalance all of these ways the energy flows. And it gets dysregulated with stress, with our everyday living. Yes, it feels good to stretch. Yes, it feels good to engage your body. But what really feels good is this kind of reset to the energetic body. That a yoga asana practice will give you.
0: I was recently reading in one of our texts that um, the asanas or the physical practice only became part of the yoga practice like a thousand years ago. And that that function was, like you're saying, to awaken and channel energy.
1: So we have the Hatha Yoga Pradikapa is the main text for, you know, talking about the postures of yoga. Just it wasn't compiled or written down before then. Yoga, and and going back to the Yoga Sutras again, where we have the definition of yoga. Asana, or the yoga postures, is one of the eight limbs. So we have the lifestyle components, the yamas and the niyamas. We have the asana, the breath work, sense, which are all leading all the way to meditation. So what we usually see in our culture is just this one little slice that's, you know, usually postures and breath work, all part of a whole system. There's an idea that energy underlies our physical manifestation. So our, our physical body, lines up around energetic patterns. Um, so the energy underlying would come first when we're doing yoga, we consider that, and we try to, um, then use the body as a tool to, to let this energy flow more freely through us or unblock. Cause sometimes if we get tight, um, you know, the energy can't move into an area and, you know, if that's, hard to understand. We can think about, you know, maybe a muscle being tight. So muscles contract and contract when we're working with them. And if they never get stretched out, you can't get blood flow into that area. And so the muscle is going to get a little dried out and weak. Same thing when we hold our body in certain ways where the energy can't flow. You know, when the energy can't flow. Um, then we get blocks or we don't feel alive in certain places. Um, And that can be the start of a misalignment or a, you know, problem with our well-being at a certain point. So with our yoga practice and our breath practice, we, you know, really work on opening up the body. So we have this inner space where the energy can flow and we have as much space as possible.
0: Yeah, you also recently said that like in your more advanced classes, what you're really looking for is where energy is blocked versus like, I don't know, that was so interesting to me, like, and I'm sure that you're using the physical expression to see where their energy is blocked or is there something more to it?
1: You have to look at the physical body to see what's happening with the energy. So what it can be blocked, it can be stuck somewhere. It can also be like kind of leaking out from somewhere (laughs) like, you know, like it's it's just um, there's not enough tone in the physical body. So there's like a laxness. A lot of times one way to think about this is a lot of times where you see energy blocked or you see a problem with, um, you know, energy flow is at the joints because there are, you know, like it's an intersection. Like if you have, you probably have more traffic accidents at an intersection than you do on the straightways because there's more going on there. So in the body, you know, you can look at the way the joints are lined up and stacked, and that will give you a good clue about how the energy is flowing. So yeah, our physical alignment really does tell you a lot about the energetic alignment.
0: Yeah, I love that we when here I definitely mm-hmm. wanted to talk about energy and flow and how it gets blocked and what you can do about it. And I also want to just kind of back it up a little bit for people who, you know, maybe have never ever walked into a yoga studio or even a class at their gym or other. And you know, for somebody who is maybe dabbling for the very first time, what advice would you give?
1: Well, I mean, the number one thing I hear from people that are unsure about yoga is that, you know, somehow they feel like they're not qualified to practice it. (laughs) So they think that they're not flexible enough or they think that they're not, you know, they don't have the right body type. And what I would say is that that is, you know, absolutely. Yoga is for really every body. And, you know, it's finding a style. There's so many styles of yoga that are out there. It's finding a style of yoga that works for you. And that can be super confusing to a new practitioner, because like I said, there's so many places out there. So if you're someone who is a little nervous about, you know, how it's going to feel or feeling awkward in class or what you're gonna be asked to do. If you jump into a class that's really power-based and fast moving, you may not enjoy it at all. Or if you're a really go-getter, a really fast paced person and you go into a class where, you know maybe a restorative class where you're just lying there and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing while you're lying there, that might feel not so good to you. So it's a little bit about what yoga, it's for, and and now, you know, it's, you know, about working with your mind and finding the style that's going to help you do that. So maybe, um, you know, we always, you know, one of the things we focus on is the breath anger for the mind. So I do suggest that, you know, you go to a class where at least the breath is talked about because it's just such a good focus for the mind. Talk to the people at the Local studios and ask them questions and talk to them about what you're looking for so they can find, help you find the right class. It's good to start out in the right place, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And if somebody is listening and now they are feeling a little more confident about trying, is there something that even a novice could try at home right now to give them a taste of yoga?
1: is like, this would feel good for everyone. So no matter where you are, you're, you know, if you're sitting, you can't be lying down for this one, but you can be sitting or standing. Okay. And so wherever you're listening to this, just, um, sit up straight or stand up tall, um, just so that your back is straight and then drop your chin towards your neck and your throat And let your face and your head relax and just feel, uh, become aware of your forehead and feel like your brain is releasing down into the forehead cavity. And you're going to slowly start to roll your head to the right until your right ear is over your right shoulder. And then you can stop and just feel like Sense for the brain and feel like the brain is rolling around in the head. And then now it's down towards the side of the head. And you can just check in and make sure you're breathing naturally and start to roll your just so you feel like the brain is settling down towards the back of your skull and take a couple breaths here. And then you can roll left ear towards left shoulder. And then roll forward, feel like the brain is rolling back to the forehead cavity. And then start to lift the head back up to center. So just simple head rolls, but what makes those head rolls different from other head rolls that you might do Is the focus. We were really trying to sense for or imagine the brain in the head rolling around the circumference of the head.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and on a physical level, I'm relieving tightness around my neck. And when I came back up to center, I noticed that my head felt lighter.
1: A nice low head roll will have some physical benefits too. And a lot of times, um, you know, when you're doing these yoga exercises, that's one of the really kind of benefits of yoga. Is efficiency um, when people come to yoga a lot of times they you know in order to do a movement they use much many more muscles than they need to so they're not efficient with their body and what they start to, to notice when they do yoga is like oh well if I want to roll my head I don't necessarily have to hold my shoulders up at the same time <laughs> I can let go of my shoulders, um, but it's this awareness, and you start to, you know, as you're relaxing, you start to see, oh, I usually use these muscles together, and then you become a lot more efficient, and that's why it's so great. You start to only need use the muscles that you need to, because every time you're using a muscle, you're using energy, so then you free up energy, more energy for what you're needing,
0: That's so interesting because of all of the benefits that I know of about yoga, I've never heard this efficiency thing. So what are some other benefits that come to mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are so many benefits of yoga on so many levels. So physically, you know, we want some people come because they want to feel stronger, more flexible, and they want to improve their balance. And that happens. (laughs) Um, That does happen through doing a physical practice. Um, but there's also, because we're working with the mind, there's a calming of the mind, and there are a lot of emotional benefits, too, because you learn to become aware of your emotions. You know, there's just more self-awareness, and you're able to be more skillful in the way you respond to things. So, a lot of times, we, you know, if you don't know, things, you know, you're, you're heading down a path. Um, you kind of just keep going and this taking a step back by, you know, we usually are thinking about the things that we do all the time, but maybe when I asked you to do that, you never did it before. So you had to pay attention to what I was asking you to do. And so you couldn't think about all those other things. And so yoga gives us some distance from our lives so that once we get out of yoga class and go back, we may have come up with a new way of addressing an issue um, because of just the space that we've given it. So it really does help with emotional regulation and um, just a sense of peace and ease.
0: So many benefits, you've only scraped the surface and you know, I. I know how valuable physical and mental flexibility, (laughs) strength, and balance are. And, you know, I think, should someone give it a try, those benefits will begin to reveal themselves and and so much more. Uh, What are some common misperceptions you hear about yoga?
1: For newer practitioners, you know, the main thing um, I hear is that you have to be a certain way to practice yoga, like you have to be super fit already or you have to be flexible or um, you know, there's a certain yoga type and that is definitely a misconception. For people that have been practicing a while, a lot of times we start to think about, oh, what a perfect yoga person would look like, what's yogic and what's not. like that's also a path we don't want to go down yoga is about creating self-awareness and so it's not going to be the same for everyone so a lot of times I hear roles being put on yogis like oh you need to be vegetarian or you know you can't do this if you practice yoga our job is really to find out what works best for us and so I think, you know, there, that's probably the biggest thing I see is that you have to be, whether it's a, a new um, practitioner to yoga or existing, we kind of build up this thing of what a yogi is in our head. And I think it can limit us. So I think we want to, you know, stretch beyond that.
0: Well, I love that too, because it really removes the judgment. It removes the need to compare yourself if you're just observing about like, what works for you mm-hmm. what about um i don't want to even say it's a misconception but i feel that people believe that there is maybe a religious um affiliation or spiritual alignment. Yes.
1: it's confusing because it's definitely a spiritual practice and by right. that i mean when you quiet your mind and you you know connect with something deeper in yourself one of my teachers used to say and i love it yoga makes you more of who you already are and it it, you know it just makes you a little bit more you and i love that um so it is a spiritual practice but because it was developed in geographically the same place as you know other religions like Hinduism and Buddhism even though it's not a religious practice it it takes some of its theories from the same text that those religions do and so because it's evolved in the same geographic place and some of the texts are you know taken from the same place it has religious overtones so sometimes people from you know the Western culture think well if I'm Christian or if I'm Jewish in conflict with this. That's not the case. Yoga, and and in that Yoga Sutra that we were referring to before, um, it was written in a time and place where there were four major religions, and it was written in a way that it could be accepted by all of those religions. You're um, trying to connect with a deeper and more permanent part of yourself, but it's not religious. There's no leader of yoga. Like in a lot of these religions, there's a God or there's a leader. And that's not the case with yoga. Um, it's really all about you and, and finding your true self. I do tell people that if you do have a faith and you practice yoga, it can deepen the way you experience your faith. Every religious tradition has um, a, a meditative form. And by learning to quiet the mind and focus it on one thing, if you then focus it on your faith, that's going to make your whatever you're practicing even deeper and stronger.
0: Hmm. I love that. I love what your teacher had to say about that. I don't think I've heard that before.
1: Yeah, I like that too. It's like, oh yeah, that's who I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, What? which is also what I think so many people's journey is about you know, what is my highest purpose? What is my, my chief aim, my, <laughs> my goal mm-hmm. in life? What am I supposed to be doing? And if, if having a yoga practice can get you closer and ha- give you clarity, what a gift, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. And I think that that is true. All of us hope that have those questions yeah, and it does help you become more focused and more clear about what do you want to do? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. And who do you want to be? The word practice, Kate, what comes to mind? Practice is something that you do. It's not a perfect, it's practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the thing about a practice is it it kind of has the idea that you do it more than one time. When you're practicing yoga, and especially for, well, especially for everyone, I was going to say beginners, but it's really true for everyone. You have to find, you have to actually do these things over and over again. Like if you were let's say playing the violin and you were learning scales on the violin or you were learning a song. How do you get better? Well, you do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with yoga. You come and you decide what's realistic for me. Can I come once a week? Um, Can I come twice a week? Or there are some things that I can do at home in between, but you practice. There are certain things that we just, we do, Every day, and, and one of the things, if uh, you want to create a positive habit, like I brush my teeth and then I go do some yoga, you know, or you know, you you just commit to making that part of your routine, and as you create strong routines, then the ones that are not so helpful to you can fall away.
0: I love what you said about linking habits. I say habit stacking what do you do for a daily practice that you would say contributes to your day-to-day peace, joy? This whole podcast is about um, finding more peace and fulfillment in the day-to-day so that they can have, you know, so that listeners can work toward a a more fulfilling life overall. And I know that it's these small things that we do that contribute to a better quality of life. So what's your personal practice about?
1: My practice has become something that, I just really enjoy doing so first of all like when i get up in the morning you know i listen to some um chants uh, that they're a little bit longer and i just enjoy them with my tea getting off your day until the right start is a good idea or i watch some youtubes or listen to things that make me feel inspired and then i do a meditation practice to kind of rest in that space i don't do everything Altogether, I have different points do, during my day when I when I do things. So the meditation practice is a daily practice. Um, my asana, or what would you know, most people consider yoga, is not as structured. I usually do one longer class a week. Practices throughout the week, maybe fifteen minutes. So it, it makes it a little bit you know, I'm just kind of shoring things up. And sometimes I'll go to a class or sometimes I'll feel like, oh my gosh, I really just want to relax and I'll do some yin yoga or restorative yoga. Um, but the things that I do every day are really the setting my day off right and doing the meditation practice.
0: Yeah. I love that you have also just permitted people to be really gentle with themselves and not so overly rigid with, I have to have an hour yoga practice every day. (laughs) Like back to what you were talking about, like the, the yogi do's and don'ts, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how long your meditation practice is, but you know, for somebody, I, so many people I talk to know that meditation can be extremely valuable. And they really resist it. They resist doing it correctly or incorrectly, or how much time they believe they have to do. So if you were telling a novice uh, about meditation, how many minutes would you say is okay to start with?
1: Well, for a newer person, I would say, you know, 10 minutes is probably a good place to start. But I would really focus on giving them a system for meditation because it can be so frustrating. And that's what I think the big one of the biggest misconceptions about meditation is is that you're just sitting there trying not to think about anything. Mm -hmm. And so people get frustrated with how much their mind is busy. Uh, And so, you know, you want a good system of finding a focus and the breath is a great focus. but we notice different things about the breath when we're sitting there. It's not just like we're sitting there and our mind is completely blank. So there are people that lead, you know, there are meditation teachers, and we know systems that help to focus the mind little at a time. But then for the novice out there, they don't know how to do that yet. So it's helpful for them to um,
0: use a system. Yeah, thank you for touching on that, because it is related, right? This is, I don't want to misspeak, and I should know by now, one of the eight limbs of yoga. It's the last three, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am still learning. I have the beginner's mind. I always learn something new from you. Every time you teach a class, somehow there's a new nugget every time. What guidance do you have for people who might be searching for more meaning and fulfillment in their life?
1: I think we all are in some way. Especially, you know, as we become adults. All that fun stuff that we used to do and, you know, we used to feel excited about, we get into our sometimes our routines and life gets dry. We forget about kind of what makes our hearts sing. You know, maybe to play a musical instrument, or maybe you play and you haven't done it for 20 years, get it back out, you know, become re-inspired or learn, you know, take a cooking class or, you know, certainly a yoga class. Learning something new, I think helps people feel connect with that um, creative side of themselves that makes them feel excited about life enjoy themselves and feel joy.
0: So I know that you have um, raised or are raising three kids and um, you recently shared something that you tell them if they start to get caught up in their thoughts. Do you remember what you said? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted the words to come from you because they're so cute. You said, don't believe everything you think.
1: Oh, yes. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Our thoughts, who knows where they come from. But, um, and a lot of them come from our upbringing or, you know, there are other people's, they're not ours. Um, um, and we get habits about things. We think about things the same way all the time. And if we want to do something different or have something um, different happen, we can't just do the same things all the time. So I think the first thing is, is just not
0: to believe every single thing you think (laughs) it's just such a silly simple thought but so profound Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. you know
0: and there's the opportunity in there to question is that really true and you know what else could be true and to maybe positively reframe the thought that you're thinking um
1: I think we've all had thoughts and even you know uh, I think beliefs are just thoughts that we practice over and over again. It's where we really believe something and then we found out information that made us change our mind about it.
0: Right. And I love how this is really just tying back to everything that we're talking about, you know, that the the practice allows for us to become more aware.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you start to see when that's happening and you're like, you know what? I've always thought this, but that, yeah, like you said, that might not be true.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's really cool. Yeah. So is there a message that you have for the masses? That's a wide open question. I mean, I feel like, you know,
1: most of the good stuff has already been said. So I'm just going to go with something that's already been said. So Joe Campbell is one of my favorite uh he was one of my favorite teachers you know and um one thing that he always encouraged people to do was to follow their bliss Mm. and I think that's probably about the best message to give anyone
0: follow your bliss I love it thank you (laughs) for permission sometimes people just need to hear it yeah uh, Kate, before I let you go, where can people find you, find your studio, or find out more about uh, your offerings?
1: Well, we are located physically in Mount Lebanon, uh, Pennsylvania. So our website is um, www.hipyoga.hipyoga, And there you can see a lot about our classes, our different workshops that we offer, and different healing modalities. So that's a really good place to, to look for, you know, everything we offer.
0: Yeah. And for those of you not in the Pittsburgh area, I know um, at least some of your classes are offered via Zoom. Most of them are. Yeah. yeah. And I also know that you have a wonderful beginner's class. We do. It's on Tuesday nights with Jenny. So that's a good place to start. Yeah. I love Jenny too. That's um a, a wonderful plug for her. Thank you so much, Kate. This has been a lot of fun. This I was fun. Thank you. So that's a wrap. If you have suggestions for future topics or would like to work through a sticky situation of your own, shoot me an old school email at gonorthcoaching at Gmail or check out my other offerings at gonorthcoaching.com. If you're listening, chances are we know each other and I'm so grateful for your support. Please help me spread the word by sharing, liking, rating, subscribing. Any and all of the things are so appreciated. See you next time.